When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi guys, Kinsey Schofield here, Royal Commentator, and I am talking to the Hollywood Raw podcast on my top tips for meeting William and Catherine. And I tell you what Prince William said to me. Oh, he's such a dream. Hey everybody, it's Tony Robbins. Hey guys, I'm Audrina Patrick. Hey, this is Adam Carolla. You're on the Hollywood Raw podcast. You're watching Hollywood Raw. You're listening to and watching Hollywood Raw. This is the Hollywood Raw podcast, hosted by entertainment veteran Dax Holt and street journalist Adam Glynn. The podcast humanizing Hollywood. From celebrities to media moguls, even paparazzi and bodyguards have come to break news, break their silence, or just have a great conversation on Hollywood Raw. If they're on Hollywood Raw, there's a reason. From Page Six to TMZ, Daily Mail, and People Magazine, everyone is talking about the Hollywood Raw podcast with Dax Holt and Adam Glynn. Welcome to the Hollywood Raw Podcast. I'm Dax Holt. That is Adam Glenn. We are here in the United States of America. But today our podcast is all going to be about what happened over in the UK this past weekend. It was a really big uh, day for the Brits. And uh, Adam, I know you love the Royals, so I know you're excited. I love the Royals. I love the Royals. <laughs> Wait, is that sarcasm on your end or what? Because you know, what <laughs> yes, you know I love the Royals, but I feel like it's a little iffy with you. Yeah, I'm just, I'm a little naive to it. I'm a little not, I don't, I don't get it. And that's why our guest today is going to have, be someone that educates me a little bit, or you guys a little bit, because I'm always so lost. I know like the, the real housewives, the Bravo version of what's going on, but I don't know like really like how it's going to impact the country or what's going on. Like, yeah, what no, does it I, really I, mean? I'm excited. So today's episode was supposed to be totally different. I'm not going to lie. We had a whole other episode planned. And then I woke up this morning and said, I need to call Kinsey. I need to call Kinsey because she was over in the UK the last couple days working on the whole coronation on appearing on every television channel over there reporting because she is a royal reporter, royal commentator, royal insider. I've seen her quoted as as basically everything. Um, and so I was like, let me see if she's back yet. She literally landed yesterday. Um, so she might still be half awake, but we're going to get her on, talk about exactly her thoughts on the coronation, the fact that this was like supposedly $125 million they spent on this whole extravaganza. But, you know, for her being over there, what it was like walking the streets. Um, I saw a video of her being up close with Prince William and Kate. Um, so I, I just want to see, like, what the hell was it like being there for such a big event? Because this event, this is once in a lifetime for a lot of people. I mean, the last one happened 70 plus years ago uh, for Queen Elizabeth. Uh, it's happening now, or well, it just happened. And so... What's it like? I don't know. I'm just so fascinated with the royals and the the, the family, the dynamics, the the bullshit, the excitingness, all of it. So yeah, we're gonna get her on get here to, in a second. Before we, yeah, before we get to Kinsey, we like to read a review. Dax, do you have a review ready for us? Oh, I got one. All right, this one comes from Caitlin one one four four four. It says, "My favorite pod. I love this pod. This is one of my." One podcast I never miss every Friday I listen with my boyfriend. I love pop culture and always have, and it isn't his thing, but you guys keep it real and make it fun enough that he enjoys it too. Every Friday it gives us time to spend time chatting about something I re I really enjoy together. You guys always are so real about celebrities and always make us laugh. Thanks, guys, for all the best updates. Look at us, Adam, bringing couples together. You don't even Caitlin. need counseling. You just need the Hollywood Raw podcast. I love it. I love it. Thank you, Caitlin. Uh, let's just do one review and get right to Kinsey because uh, there's a lot to discuss regarding what is going on in the UK. Uh, Kinsey, are you there? All right, Kinsey Schofield, commentator, <laughs> royal commentator. What do you like to go by, Kinsey? Is it royal commentator, royal insider? What is? What do you think the title that you enjoy the most? Well, um, 
Okay. I typically like to just say Kinsey Schofield of the To Die For Daily podcast. That way somebody has to mention my podcast. So I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I'm very much like you guys in, in, in trying to build, build my own brand. So, um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. It was an incredible atmosphere in London. And Adam, you're not the only one. I think a lot of people visualize the royal family as just like one step up from celebrity, but don't quite understand the purpose of their existence. So yeah, explain like it. it. What is the point? What is the point of them then? Well, you know, I, you know, I do believe that it's become something different. Ultimately, you know, they were the rulers of the country. Obviously, that has changed. They really have absolutely no power whatsoever. And they have become the objective really is they are these iconic figures that lure tourists over there and that interest people. They want to see their castles. They want to know about their history. And they really have become more so just these um, these public figures that people are fascinated with and fascinated with the history. But if if you look at the coronation specifically, that was a constitutional and religious event. Crowning Charles, although he was king after the death of his mother, officially crowning him um, the king of the United Kingdom and 14 Commonwealth realms. So it was just this this beautiful event to officially secure him in that in, in that. Um, title. And in that position, uh, you saw a lot of religion throughout the ceremony. And some of the pushback on that was that he doesn't want to be the protector of the Church of England. He wants to be the protector of all faiths. And he wanted to include all faiths. I think his heart was in the right place there. But you saw um, you know, the Christian faith say, but you're supposed to be the defender of our faith. Why, you know, you need to focus on that um, specifically because that's what it's always been. And they felt like if you, if you are the defender of all faiths, does that take away from the fact that you're supposed to be the defender of our faith specifically? Mm -hmm. Well, it seems like, I mean, it sounds like, so how did that how did that be even become public that he says, hey, I want to represent – and this might be a stupid question. Again, I, I don't know this stuff. But how did that become public that he goes, I want to represent all faiths and the, the blowback in the, in, within the religion? Well, he actually made the statement 20 years ago. So anybody that was surprised by it just hasn't read a book. <laughs> you know, he's been very controversial and outspoken over his lifetime. Um, but we found out about it this time because it's believed that the archbishop and some of the um, other uh, church leaders actually had a conversation with him leading up to the coronation, you know, royal insiders leaking that information. But I think it turned out really well because they didn't stand up and read anything the way that Charles had initially hoped that they would. And maybe they, they could and should have. But um, I, I the way that they were not controversial about it was everybody showed up and had a presence there. So Charles did ultimately get his way. And like I said, I truly believe his heart's in the right place. He's a very spiritual person and has studied all religions. Um, so it, it reflects him and his personality that he'd want everyone there. So Kinsey, I, I've been, and I say also, I, I love the Royal family. I like the, just, I watched the crown. I've watched all the documentaries. I, I don't know why I'm fascinated by them. I can't be more bored by King Charles. I like, I know it sucks to say, but like, I don't find him exciting. I don't like watching him take power. I'm just like, oh, I don't know. It's, he's not an exciting royal for me. And I, and I don't know if it's just the legacy that's got to this point where, you know, you, you, you fantasize over Princess Diana. So you kind of have a bad taste in your mouth towards King Charles or if people should just let that go. But like, I feel like there's I want to see William in that that role. I can't be the only person out there. Oh, my gosh. You're like you're the leader of the fan club. No, you're absolutely right. Charles years ago was considered super hot. They called him Action Man. He dated all of these. You know, he he you know, I don't know if it's on the record, but he allegedly had a fling with Barbara Streisand. He was he went to the set of Charlie's Angels. He was like the the this hot shot. Um, he we none of us could understand the attraction that Diana had to Charles, except for the fact that he was a prince, future king, because she was always so much more beautiful than he was handsome. Um, and then I think our our 
feelings about him declined immensely when not only did he choose Camilla over Diana, but he was so ugly in the way that he chose Camilla over Diana and really was not a kind person throughout that process. Uh, because Diana would, would tell you she was always in love with him and he was her ultimate goal. She didn't want the divorce. She wanted a separation, I think. And if they would have only been separated, Diana could have become queen over the weekend. But because they got a divorce, because he married somebody else. And I mean, the fact that we're not making a bigger deal out of the fact that this guy that's supposed to be the head of a church, you know, divorced his wife and put his mistress up on uh, on the throne with him. I mean, that to me, that's chaos. So that's uh, but, that. OK, explain that to me. He's got so much baggage in his so life, much baggage. but know. yet everyone is focused on Prince Harry and all his baggage. I don't understand. I, I just well, let, let me it. tell you what there there's been millions upon millions of dollars in rehabilitation PR wise that's happened over in London that has not happened here. And that was my conversation over the weekend because everybody kept saying uh, we hate Camilla in the States. They were saying that to me. We don't like Camilla. Like uh, we, what's it like over there? And I've said millions of dollars have been, been put into the rehabilitation of this couple's image in the UK that hasn't been put. We have we never see them. They don't come over here. Um, we don't see the leaked stories about, you know, how everybody loves Camilla and all of the charity work she's doing between book clubs and, and animal rescues. They have spent all of that money in the UK to rehabilitate her image. It's, they've done a really good job. But at the end of the day, you are still every cabbie that I had at the end of the day, every um, random person that I met on the street said that they were just patiently waiting for the prince and princess of Wales to ascend to the throne. They felt like Charles was this bridge that they had to suffer through until they could get William and Kate and that that was their ultimate, you know, yeah, it's okay, but we're just, we're just really eager to see William and Kate. And I'd even say after the coronation, I know you guys are social media junkies like me, as I was doom scrolling after the coronation, it felt like, all the pictures were of William and Catherine and their children. I didn't see anybody posting pictures of, of Charles and Camilla with, with you know, the, thr- the, the crowns on their head. It felt like still after that event, celebrating Charles, all eyes were on William and Catherine. Yeah. So or do people want a royal or a, a king or even a queen that's just a little bit more fun, a little bit more personality, someone that's just like a real person? Because right now they don't seem like real people. Yeah, they almost look like cardboard cutouts in some of those photos that we saw over the weekend. 58% of the people that were um, polled in, in a recent poll said that, you know, they, they want a monarchy, but that's not a drum, you know, that's not a great number. You'd, you'd, you'd hope for better, higher approval ratings. Um, I think that Charles is a little bit older, which doesn't excite people. He has, you know, like Dak said, baggage when it comes to his divorce. He has gotten involved in politics a lot, which really makes people angry because the queen was a mystery. We never knew what she thought about whatever. And Charles will say, I, you know, I want to go heavy on environmentalism. I don't think we should have a bunch of new buildings in London. I think we should have antique architecture. You know, he's just, he used to talk about talking to his plants. He's very eccentric, very, um, you know, his, he has an Aston Martin that runs on wine and cheese. So if you're saying like, do they want a more relatable person? I'm sure that would be nice because we can't have Aston Martins that run on wine and cheese. (laughs) I, I think he'll be a good leader because he's had 70 years to prepare for it. But I just don't think that, necessarily the enthusiasm is there from from every single person i think if you are believe in the monarchy you believe in each step so you say yes we accept charles as the sovereign because he is the step after the queen and after charles we'll see william as king but you are seeing a lot of people that are just saying i just can't wait (laughs) i just can't wait to be king i just can't wait for william to be king another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So I remember hearing some stories, and I don't know if they're rumors or whatever, that 
literally the queen on her deathbed had told Charles, like, you can only be king for a couple of years and then you have to, what is it, abdicate? Ab- abdicate, ab- yeah. You have to abdicate to to William. Do you think there's any truth to that? Because the queen's smart enough to know, like, I don't think people wanted Charles necessarily to take over. You know what I'm saying? And the, she's she's worried about the longevity of the crown at the end of the day. And I think she also saw that as, like, Man, my son's probably not the best choice, but that's that's how it is. Uh, but I think my grandson is going to really kind of bring it back home. Um, do you think there's any truth to that rumor or story? I don't, and let me tell you why. You're absolutely right. The queen sacrificed her entire life for the monarchy. I don't think she there was a breath she had, except maybe on a horse track that was just for her, because she sacrificed her entire life for the monarchy. What we do know close to her death was that she released a statement saying she wanted Camilla to become queen consort. Now, upon Charles marrying Camilla, they told the public, who was always pro-Diana, they told the public that the, Camilla would only be princess consort, And the reason that they said that, which at the time was likely a blatant lie to the public, was because they wanted the public to accept Camilla. So they said, don't worry, she's just going to be, upon sending the throne, she's just going, Charles is sending the throne, she's just going to be princess consort. So everybody goes, okay, and we, you know, they allow the union of Charles and Camilla. And then the queen says, months before her death, you know, it would it would mean a lot to me if you would accept Camilla as the queen consort and the public goes, uh, OK, we're only agreeing to this because it's your platinum jubilee and you're the queen and we love you. Now, the queen passes and then Charles starts the Queen Camilla campaign, you know, just ditching the consort title. Consort means I'm married to the to the king. Um, but Charles wants to elevate Camilla, wants her to have this respect that she's never had. And so he's, you know, on this full campaign to change it to Queen Camilla, Camilla the Queen versus Queen Consort. And this has riled a lot of people up. In fact, uh, the man that designed Princess Diana's dress lives in Windsor, you know, in the mix of Windsor Castle and all of these aristocrats. I think his name is David Emmanuel. It is. And he designed Diana's wedding dress. And he actually claimed recently that there was a dinner party where Anne, the Princess Royal, the Queen's daughter, Charles's sister, said to Camilla, you are not the Queen. You are the Queen Consort. So apparently it's actually caused drama within the family that they're trying to thrust this image as, you know, Queen Camilla. And don't forget, Camilla's great-grandmother had an affair with Charles's great-great-grandfather, Alice Keppel. She was there on his deathbed when he died, and a lot of the riches and 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 the money that she grew up with as a child was thanks to her great-grandmother having an affair with Charles's great-great-grandfather. So she got to live this nice life because of this affair her great-grandmother had. And, um, you know, I, I doubt her great-grandmother ever thought she'd actually have the opportunity to marry the king, let alone sit on a throne next to him in front of the world and be considered the mistress, the queen consort, or the queen. So this is all full circle. Like, this is an amazing moment for for Camilla's camp. Um, but ultimately, there there is naturally pushback from people that love the monarchy and, and love the traditions of the monarchy and recognize that there was one point in time that they were held up as, you know, the moral high ground, and that's not the case anymore. Yeah. So what was the vibe like the day of the coronation? Do sc- are, is it like pretty much our businesses closed? Are, are schools open? Are, like what is that day like in the city? Well, it was rainy and miserable. So I was uh, totally unprepared. I looked like a wet dog on everything. <laughs> um, but everything is closed. It's amazing how many people show up in their ponchos, though, ready to get wet and ready to yell and celebrate. I mean, thousands, thousands took the street. You know, it's hard to get close to the palace. So if you are working, get ready to be on foot for a long time to to get as close as you can to the palace. Um, I think people think it's much more glamorous than it is when you're working there. I was in my Doc Martens, you know, covered in, in rain and using whatever I could to try to not get damp um but 
the, 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 it is electric because people realize that they're real. Uh, well, first of all, I'd say if you have a family, it's an incredible experience to bring your kids out there and to all be there. It's, it's patri patriotism, right? You're all screaming and cheering for the same, for the same people. It doesn't matter who you voted for, what side of the aisle you're on. You all just love the monarchy. You all just want a glimpse of the King, the queen and the Wales family. Um, so Kinsey, nothing sounds worse than standing for six hours with my children waiting for two seconds for them to drive by. I know, I know. But <laughs> like, you make friends with it. the people around you. Everybody brings snacky snacks. Like you're sharing your, your biscuits with the, all, the, the people around you. It, it is so bizarre. I mean, even you talked about me, me meeting William and Kate. Even when I go to those little things, I make brand new friends or I see people that I'm friends with on Instagram and we recognize each other in real life. And so, you know, it's just amazing how bizarrely this family brings people together uh, but the the it was it was rainy and i hated that but it was wonderful to see an entire country get get together get in the streets and rally around the sovereign i mean would i do it for william and catherine absolutely but i don't know as a fan if i would stand in the in the pouring rain for hours for charles and camilla yeah okay so tell me walk me through the day that you got to see Kate and and um, and William up close. Like, where where were they going? How, how long did you have to stand there to wait for them to walk by? Did you get to yeah, shake so their hand? Like, tell me all about it. So that is, I think it's the Duck and Dog. I think is that what the pub pub was called. And the just less than twenty four hours before their their press people sent a notice to the media saying that they were going to do the surprise visit. They were going to have a pint at this pub and then they were going to do a walkabout. The objective was to build hype for the coronation. So of course you're going to send your A team, William and Catherine to do that because I don't know if they sent anyone else, if that you would have received the, the kind of army that showed up. Um, I showed up a little late and I was concerned about it because I took the tube, which terrifies me. And, um, you know, you can't take the tube when you dress like an LA girl. I'm sorry. You just can't. I had sequins galore on, but, um, so I took the tube, got there a little late, but I got there right on time. They walk into the pub. They spend a few minutes in the pub. They have a beverage. Then they came out to meet with everybody. First of all, William, who's, you know, level expert at this kind of flew down his side and they split the way Diana and Charles used to split. William goes down one side, Catherine goes down the other. Oh, but I think I just, if you want to meet William and Catherine, if you want to go to one of these events and to, and to actually get to engage with them, bring them like big flowers, bring them gifts, because typically their handlers are looking at so, uh, where to start. And they typically go to somebody that's got a big bouquet or they have clearly have something for the kids. The handler will come over to you and say, I'm going to bring Catherine here in just a minute. And they try to be hush about it. Um, and then so William comes out. He makes a beeline to his crew. He's very personable, very um, animated, but he talks to everybody down his row very quickly. And Does he take selfies? Yes, they take selfies. Okay. Which is, That's which, cool. you know, remember when Meghan Markle first joined the family, they weren't allowed to take sel selfies. So there's clearly been an evolution of how much you can access them now. But Catherine took a solid 15 or 20. William's so done that he came over to Catherine's side to say, start saying hi to people too. Because Catherine is still sitting there talking to people, allowing them to tell them or tell her their life stories. She just, she's staring directly at you and makes you feel like you. You two are the only people on this block. She just totally gives you herself when, when you're talking to her. It's amazing. And it's got to be uh, physically exhausting at the end of the day. Um, but William was just da, 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 because I'm sure he's, you know, he's done this forever. And then Kat, he's like waiting for Catherine to get done talking to everybody. I met William at the end of Catherine's, at the end of uh, Catherine's line. Thank God. Or, or I wouldn't have met him at all because I wasn't on the other side. Um, and, it, and it was the first time I'd ever met him. I'd met Catherine in Boston. And he was, again, over the top, animated, so much friendlier than I ever imagined. I think of him so seriously because of Harry and Meghan. I, I feel like he just must be sitting around, you know, 
in a protective mode because of Harry and Meghan, but he was not. He was open, animated, funny, free. Um, and then here comes Catherine down the line, again, talking to everybody, accepting gifts. And uh, it was great. If you ever want to meet them, you just have to figure out where they're going to go, which is they typically announce a few hours to the public before they're there. You try to figure out the you know, get right in front of an entrance or an exit and do bring flowers, bring gifts, because they do do beelines to people that have books or stuffed animals or flowers, um, because that's a great visual of, Kate, you know, for the, the, the media that's there, Kate accepting a huge bouquet. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought that would, I mean, obviously that's going to be one of the highlights of my trip, certainly. But another highlight was I ran I ran to Andrew Morton, who wrote Diana, her true story. Like he he was the one that worked secretly with Diana to write that book. I ran into him in a lobby and I was like, Andrew Morton. So (laughs) I was excited about that. That's awesome. Uh, Did you what was your conversation like with him? Oh, are you, you know, are you excited? Are you excited for the coronation? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We're so excited. The kids are so excited. Um, and then you, you can't, you can't have a one-on-one because everybody's barking questions at him. So I got one question in, but that was fine by me. What would you say to him? To Andrew Morton? No, well, not to Andrew Morton. If you got a moment with the Prince or something like that. Oh, if I got a moment with Prince William? Yeah. Are you, okay. Here's a question. Is this a question that I'm like, publicly or just a one-on-one no, no cameras he, you got flowers you're, you're giving him your flowers <laughs> but no camera right no i mean your friend your wife sitting on the side with a cell phone taking video of this i think i would just say like i'm i'm genuinely curious about the whole harry thing and i don't think he would ever answer anything harry but i'm just like i would be curious to be like are you a are you nervous or excited to see your brother tomorrow? Ooh. Well, I think when you're in that position, you're certainly not trying to get in trouble. You know, like you yeah. realize that you're privileged to be. I definitely would ask him that question if I had the opportunity to interview him officially. Mm-hmm. But when you're in that position, you, you, you're like, also with me, I would lo- my ultimate goal is to live in London and to be on the Royal Rota. And that's the, the elite team that the palace allows to travel in the back of the plane with the, with mm-hmm. the prince and the princess, to go all over the world with the prince and princess. So I'm definitely going to behave myself when that's my ultimate goal. I don't want to be the person that gets that great soundbite that never gets to have so, access to You know to what's funny, again. though, is you know that I'm, I'm a Harry fan. So, yeah. like, for me, I'm genuinely, like looking at the dynamic of like, at the end of the day, these two are brothers, right? I hope that they can work through their shit at the end of the day and figure it out. Because like when I looked at photos and stuff of Harry sitting three rows back at the coronation, he looks sad. He looks bummed because he, I think you see him sitting back and he's like, shit, like I should be sitting front row next to my brother. Mm -hmm. I should be up there. And clearly they've made some life choices that have him sitting three rows back. Um, And I think it's a very public diss to put him back there because of everything that they've gone through. Um, But I think at the end of the day, this, I hope this family can work their shit out, especially those two. I don't really care about King Charles. Like I hope that the brothers can figure out their crap. Did you watch Harry enter the Abbey, though? Because I thought when I first saw him entering the Abbey, he was in such good spirits. And I thought that's a good sign because he was joking with the Archbishop. I think he actually told the Archbishop, good luck. The Archbishop is the one that does the ceremony. I think he actually said to him, good luck. And he was light on his feet. You know, you're, I think it's a different, I, obviously. I like anyone could fake that. Oh, really? Okay. I just thought he he looked in good spirits when he first entered. And I thought that's great that because I thought he'd be kind of glum throughout the entire thing reluctantly there. And it felt like he was there with a purpose, which I thought that good for him. I I think good for him for showing up because you kind of have your tail between your legs when you go to the UK right now, at least for him, because there's so much hate and people just talking crap on him and, you know, everything right now. So I, I give him props for showing up and being like all right well i'm gonna go and megan's not here like you don't even have the moral support of your like your your loved one you know to be like all right Right. let's do this let's just hold hands and say fuck it yolo we're rolling in to (laughs) to make this work so i i give him props there but i think it's probably very difficult to be sitting and again you're three rows back and you're the son of the king 
Okay. First of all, I, I just want to quickly say I did notice because I was there for a week. I did notice there was a solid four days where there was a Harry and Meghan ban where I noticed we weren't talking about Harry and Meghan leading mm -hmm. up to the coronation, which I thought was extremely interesting because that is a lot of people's bread and butter. Like you have, yeah. you know, you'll notice some of them just hammer at them relentlessly and you realize that must be their only avenue monetization wise. Yeah. But as you know, and this is a question for both Adam and Dex, as you know, the day after the coronation, we saw Meghan Markle on a hike. I am curious to know, I've noticed whenever Harry and Meghan are papped, it is by one specific company. Do you have an opinion as to whether or not Harry and Meghan have a, re a working relationship with that company or not? Is it backward? Yes, because <laughs> it is interesting, interesting to me that Harry and Meghan are always snapped by the by the, the same company over and over again, rarely anyone else. Adam, you have any insight into that? I can tell you my opinion, but I want to hear Adam's first. I don't have any insight. When it comes to the Royals, I really don't, because that's just a really unique... I, I, I don't. I don't have any insight, and I don't even have an opinion on it, because I'm very curious about your opinion, and that will help give me a good perspective on it. No, so I don't think it's set up. I think that it it appears to be set up because Backroot's such a big agency that you have, you know, a hundred photographers out there and they're all submitting their content through Backgrid, right? I think that Backgrid has some of the most talented photographers though, like Jessel and some of these other people that we have had on our podcast, where they're the smart ones and they're gonna go and they know that hey, Prince Harry's over there. The focus is going to be what is Megan doing? And that person probably sat outside their house for five days, honestly, mm -hmm. waiting for them to leave and got and follow them to their hiking spot, got the great shots. I think that Backrit has the hardest working people out there. And that's really wow. what it comes down to. Um because we would see a lot more of Megan and Harry. And we've asked a couple of the paps, like, is it hard to get them? And they're like, yeah, cause they don't, they don't come out much. And so it's not a good payday for them to go and sit there and wait and wait and wait and wait. Unless you know, Hey, if I get this shot, which this one probably paid them a fortune cause she's out hiking while they're there. That's, that's a payday for them. Right. Um, <clears throat> but other than that, I, I don't think a lot of people, will sit there that long because it's it's so far away from LA. And so you're you're spending a lot of days up there. So I don't think it was set up, but I do think it's interesting that she would choose to go out on that day. I think that's probably more of the situation where she actively makes a choice to go in public on a day that people are looking for her. Yeah, that is interesting. So that would what, be my assess as, uh, assessment of that one. What happened to Katy Perry at this ceremony? Apparently, she couldn't find her chair, her seat. Oh, that was so funny. <laughs> it was, it was classic Katy Perry. Well, Katy got hooked up to play the this Windsor Castle event, right? Like they were, they definitely were struggling to secure talent to play Charles's coronation concert. I mean, well, first of all, if I'm being honest with you, anybody he was a fan of. R.I.P. is no longer here because he's an older man. So if you look mm -hmm. at the talent that was trending as he was coming up, those people are dead and gone. You um, tell me, though, the Rolling Stones wouldn't be like, all right, let's let's do a performance or like Paul McCartney, like someone who's legendary. No one wanted to show up for him. Like, it doesn't make any sense in my head. Everyone was oh. willing to do everything for the queen. And King Charles gets up there and people are like, nope, no, thanks. I'm good. Or what about a, a Spice Girls reunion? Who, who, you saw him a lot with the Spice Girls after the death of Princess Diana because the boys loved them. So he was always with them and the boys. You know, there are these great videos of like the Spice Girls pinching him on the butt. I mean, just these iconic moments that that really were when the Charles brand started to turn. He was with the Spice Girls. One Direction couldn't re reunite for one night. I mean, there are plenty of people that, that could have gotten together. And I... They didn't. I mean, Ed Sheeran says that he can't perform, yet he's sitting in Katy Perry's chair on American Idol the night of the performance. So basically, he just flip-flopped with Katy Perry. More Americans were represented at the coronation concert um, than, than, than actual people that 
are British. So Katy Perry did, could not find her seat. She got the hookup. She said, yes, I will play the coronation concert, but I want to attend the coronation, which is crazy because they cut the guest list down from 8,000 to 2,000. Katy Perry gets her seat. Katy get, got to stay in Windsor Castle, which was the queen's home upon her death. That's where the queen was living. It was one of her favorite places. You know, like that's where I think that's that's where multiple like sovereigns were born. And it's, it's just the this the most special little place, Windsor Castle. And so she got to stay at Windsor Castle. She got to attend the coronation. Um, and she did struggle to find her seat. She was in this great lilac Vivian Westwood outfit, taking selfies with anybody that asked her to. Um, just she looked totally in her element. Like this was a dream come true for her. But she's always got such a great sense of humor. She's so self-deprecating. She only Katy Perry can make a moment that could be humiliating for anybody else look so charming and, and silly and fun. Like you wanted to be there with Katy Perry lost try, looking for your seat. Yeah, I loved it. I, and listen, supply and demand, if no one else is going to perform, you might as well throw out all of your stipulations. You know, I want to be at the coronation. I want to stay at Windsor Castle. I want like you could say anything you want, because if no one else is going to perform, they're going to be bending over backwards to get this huge A-list act to be there. So good for her for cashing in on this moment. Um, you know, the other thing I thought is like, again, there's so much focus on Prince Harry and where he's sitting. And and then you see Prince Andrew walk in. He's also third row. But why is there so much attention on Prince Harry and not Prince Andrew? Like, the dude has Epstein ties and he's still allowed to go. I don't get it. There, I, I feel like the That's focus a wild is thing. so weird. Well, I think it's, well, specifically with Andrew, it's guilt by association. I don't, you know, I, I never even fathom. I never even comprehend. Do I think he did what he's accused of doing? I don't care because it's guilt by association. Jeffrey Epstein is a horrible human being. Mm -hmm. And for him to say, well, I had to fly out there to tell him that our friendship was over. You know, that's why you, you got Let's those last be pictures. Let's real fucking listic. There's I mean, like, come on. Yeah. So I, to me, it's guilt by association. I think you're smarter than this, Dax. You know why their focus is on Harry. Harry sells. Harry yeah. is a, you know, clickbait, clickbait, clickbait. We don't care about Andrew, even if he is a skis. Like we're like, Okay, that's embarrassing. We don't, we just do, you're dirty. We don't want to associate with you. But Harry is handsome. Harry has, you know, a little rebellious streak. And at one point in the world, at one point, one point in time in the world, every single human being loved him. And he sells. He's like, we are focused on Harry because he is way more interesting. He is way more charming. And we are trying to we're very committed for some reason to what the uh, you know what the happily ever after is does he reunite with his brother do harry and meghan become the king and queen of montecito or of america and do they do they put all of them in their place by being so successful in the states that it does they never need their the help of the royal family again we're committed to the journey and i think that that is why we're obsessed with talking about harry and does he get a bad rap definitely but i think that specifically with the British tabloid press, they like to build people up to tear them down and to build them up again and to tear them down. Does he, will he become the hero again? There is certainly the option that that, that could happen. Do you, do you miss them being like in the good graces? Do you miss that time when it was like Megan and Harry and they were all over the world and everyone loved them? And was it fun reporting or is this, is this also exciting? Well, that's a good question. That's a really good question because I did love Harry and Meghan. In fact, I my whole brand before it was to die for daily. It, I had started, you know, collecting the assets and building in defense of Meghan Markle. It was going to be everything was going to be called in defense of Meghan Markle. And once I started seeing that they they I thought they were going on a destructive path. I thought, oop, I'm going to change everything to Diana because how can you not love Diana? But yes, I when I was covering Meghan, I remember there was one day that she wore a dress that still had the tags on it. And it was such a cute story, like stars, just like us. Maybe she's going to return it after she wears it. And I thought, I recently thought we would be so vicious today if she accidentally left, a, you know, a, a tag on her dress. We would just tear into her over it. Mm -hmm. And how silly, because it was such a cute moment and it could still be a cute moment. Um, I do miss when they were in the fold and I do miss 
when they were, because I think that they still could be. Patience is a virtue. Had they just sat, they did all of this around the same time as the plague, the pandemic. And had they just sat back and watched what happened with the world and just done the, the, the Zoom um, interactions the way William and Catherine did. William, Catherine, the queen, the queen was even doing Zoom royal engagements. They could have stayed working members of the royal family throughout the pandemic doing these Zooms. And I think not having access to each other personally, I think it could have calmed things down. But mm-hmm. once they realized that the plague was coming, they jetted off to first Canada, then California, because I think they felt safer with Megan's mother, which I understand. But it does seem like like if they would have just allowed the pandemic, just set through the pandemic, I do feel like things could have been different for them because it would have just allowed everybody time to calm down and sit back and reevaluate things. I think we all came out from the pandemic with bigger hearts, softer hearts. Um, but I think that the them being so far away, the, the royal family, I, I think, felt less obligated to give them what they wanted. Mm-hmm. which was they wanted to be half in, half out, et cetera, et cetera. And I think Harry and Meghan being so far away made them feel mo- like more comfortable talking, sitting down and talking to Oprah and, and kind of spilling the beans. Do you think that there could be a chance that they come back into the fold when King Charles is out of the picture? As like weird and morbid as that sounds? I don't know, because I think it's William that's really upset and hurt. What I've heard is, you know, they they have this mantra, never complain, never explain. And when the book came out, it was William that said, we have got to respond. I want to I want to go to war. And it was Charles's team that pulled him back and said, there's no way we're going to do that. So I don't think that it's Charles that's in the way of Harry and William. I think it's ego kind of from both men Mm -hmm. that are in the way and the only i but you're right tragedy could strike and could soften both of their hearts so perhaps that's all that you know perhaps that's what it's going to take what about did the media i saw the media in america made a big deal about um charles's sausage fingers did that become a big deal in the UK? <laughs> it's not necessarily a big deal in the UK, but I do see it a lot in America. And I understand it is, they are, um, they're there, you know, it's hard to deny it. So I, uh, but they don't really talk about it in the UK, but I, I was going to, for, for one second, I thought to say to you, maybe it's a sign of respect or disrespect, but at this, but I'm sitting there and they're saying things to me like, is he too old to become king? The tabloids in, in the UK. And is he too outspoken to become king? Well, is Camilla ever going to be more than the mistress? So I don't think it's a respect thing because they're, they ask pretty, you know, pretty disrespectful questions over there too. I don't know why that's not more of a focus over there. How, how do people feel about the cost of this whole thing? Cause like $125 million that's been reported at costing, like do the people of the UK, the, the citizens over there, is that annoying to them? Or, or is it just like, oh, we're used to spending ridiculous amounts of money on the monarchy. Like it's all good. I, it's really annoying to people over there. And I'll tell you why. Because in 11 months, we've had the Queen's Platinum Jubilee, which cost a fortune. We've had the Queen's funeral, which cost a fortune. And now Charles's coronation. I almost feel like he should have held out till October or a little later on. The Queen herself waited a full year before her coronation after her father passed away. And I almost wonder if Charles should have done that, waited a little bit longer, because there's also this royal fatigue. People are just like, oh, another royal event. Oh, we're going to shut all of the streets down and it's going to be impossible for me to get to where I need to go for another big royal event in 11 months. I mean, so. Or couldn't he have done it smaller? I mean, can you just I think that would have gone a long way to say, hey, this coordination is a big deal, but I'm going to make this more low key. We're going to like take the price tag down from 125 million to 50 million. You know, I feel like people would respect him for that. Well, I know I know this sounds 
hard to believe, but he did, you know, bring the cost down. So, you know, they, they even called it the low carbon, the low carbon coronation, because he he cut the guest list from 8,000 to 2,000. All of the invitations that were sent were on recycled paper. The procession route was cut dramatically. How about send an evite, bro. That right. Money. <laughs> well, don't forget, Harry said he got the Evite. So he sent Evites too. Um, <laughs> but so, you know, the recession route was cut down dramatically um, so that they weren't taking up m- more of the street than they needed to. And so that they wouldn't have to have so much security that's in- excessively expensive. So he did cut, you know, I, I, I believe the, the um, actual coronation was only two hours versus Queen Elizabeth's three hours. So there was that intention there. And we don't have the final numbers for how much it costs yet. Um, but, you know, I do believe that the Queen's Jubilee was two hundred dollars to $300,000. So just in comparison to that, you do see a dramatic cost. But to us, we're, I don't think we spend that much whenever we have a new president, whenever we, you know, do all that humdrum stuff. Unless so, they're just not telling us. Yeah. Yeah. Which is an option. But um, I do think he tried. It does sound like a lot of money. It is a lot of money to us. But there was definitely the intent to cut down costs. Oh, and then he told everybody to dress business cash. Like he was like, wear what you would wear to a wedding. You know, he didn't want everybody showing up looking ridiculous. So but that's their own all... money. That seems silly. Like that's, like, yeah. that's someone's own money. He's not saving any money by saying dress business cash. But thanks. Thanks, Charles. Yeah, I think he just the intent was to not look over the top, I guess, is what my point is. Hmm. Adam, how are you feeling about all this royal stuff? Dude, I I mean, the closest thing we have to royals here is like the Kardashians, just the way they operate (laughs) and move around, you know, and all the scandals that go along with it. But I I think it's really interesting. And I, I understand the tourism that goes with it. I understand that people, the allure of the UK that goes along with royalty. People want to see the castle. They want to understand a little bit because that's what it is. You're always just trying to understand more and more. Um, Is this going to be... Now that Charles is now the king, you know, is there any sort of... Is there any sort of negativity that people are like... That's that's alluring. That's something that's going to be happening in the future that people are just waiting to happen. Like, what's the next scandal that's going to happen in the within the castle besides Harry? Well, you know what I think is interesting is there was so much negative publicity around Harry and Meghan losing Frogmore Cottage, and I still we still kind of don't know what the status of all of that is. But we are learning that Charles is asking people in Kensington Palace to leave as well, and this is wild to me because he's going to offer these historic buildings up for regular normal people to move into them. Obviously they'd have to go through background checks and security checks and everything, but he's allowing normal people to move into these castles. I mean, I'd love to live in Kensington palace. That was where Diana lived. Um, But he's going to put them up for rent and he's going to monetize these places, which I think is really interesting, but I also think it's potential for more scandal because maybe somebody doesn't does clear a background check, but we find out that they, they're friends with they were friends with Jeffrey Epstein who knows I do think that that adds complications but the next scandal I don't know here I will say this you know the idea that that Catherine wasn't allowed to wear a tiara to this event it it felt like and she she hacked you know she made wore a beautiful headband a beautiful headpiece oh, I that thought I that was thought. like a tiara when I looked yeah, at no, it I, visually they, it looked like one to me Right. Good. And I'm glad because this I believe that what happened was, was that they did not want anyone to outshine Charles and Camilla. They are trying to elevate Charles and Camilla. Harry writes about this in his book, that Charles's team works against William and Harry to try to elevate Camilla, to try to elevate them. So they will they will whisper to the press negative stories because the ultimate objective is to make Charles and Camilla look great. And the boys stepping on the boys who already have this great brand to elevate Charles and Camilla. And it felt like the idea that Catherine couldn't wear a tiara to this event was trying to say, no, 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 we only want eyes on Charles and Camilla. 
I do think we're going to continue to see Charles and Camilla's team kind of talk negatively or, or to whisper negative things about William and Catherine because there's a little envy there. And, you know, we saw that during the divorce with Charles and Camilla. Charles was jealous, or Charles and Diana. Charles was jealous that Diana was the more popular royal. He was out, almost outspoken about it. He he would say in, uh, in jest during speeches, if only I could just split my wife in half and have her walk down both lines because nobody wants to see me at these things. Um, you know, so I, I do think that there might be a little envy there with William's popularity in the polling. You can see William dominates Charles. And I wonder how much in the future Charles's team will brief the press against William and Catherine to continue to try to elevate him. I don't think that's over. And I think it's so unfair because that is his secret weapon. The only reason that people continue to be interested in the, in the success of the monarchy is William and Catherine, because that's what they're looking forward to. If he continues to belittle or work against William, he's only ending the monarchy. He's only hurting himself. And I, I do say. think that's something we should watch out for. His ego will be his own self-destruction because you, you see it over and over again. Like if you get them all, like if everyone loves all members of the royal family, it's just it's better for everyone involved. They don't have to love you more than they love William or Harry. Like get them all in the mix. Everyone loves everyone. And then you look better at the end of the day, like his the ego and him wanting to be better than everyone else. It seems like it's been a constant narrative throughout his life and throughout a lot of the headlines. And it's just kind of sad. You'd want your, you'd want your son to thrive and do better, but whatever. Anyway, right. Kinsey, tell us what, uh, for people who haven't checked out your podcast at I for daily, tell us what they're going to find. What do you talk about? What do you, you know, what is the, the royalness on your podcast. Well, I love to have experts like Dax and Adam on my show. Some of my favorite guests. Um, I like to talk, well, with you specifically, we talked about what's going on in LA, which was great. But my, uh, the To Die For Daily podcast is typically about the history of the royal family and how it relates to today's activities. And that's always fun to see that full circle moment. Um, I, I talk to a lot of authors and royal commentators and, um, I think thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to plug it. It's to diefordaily.com if you'd like just a, a quick link. Awesome. Well, thank you for I know you were exhausted after getting off your plane and working nonstop over there. And you you took my call this morning and said, let's do this. And I appreciate you jumping in and and uh, making this episode happen. So thank you so much for joining us. today. Thank you, Kenzie. My pleasure. All right, dude. So did we get you a little more into the royal shit or are you are you just you you pieced out? What's what's the deal? No, I'm just waiting down. for the new Bravo like storyline that goes on. Like, OK, that was a cute storyline. But now it's you know, now we're moving past that. And then there's going to be something else that kind of happens. So you want a I mean, it's, over yes, there, don't you? I want a scandal. Ball. I want some. I want an OJ. I want something to happen. Not, <laughs> an OJ? Not, not, oh not an OJ. OJ would be terrible. That's a bad one. But, uh, you know, that's just in, inevitably like something that makes people more curious. It keeps the uh, the allure going, at least in my opinion. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I mean, would I stand seven hours to see him two seconds? I don't know. I don't know if that's for me, but yeah. to each their own. No, I, again, I, I don't know why I have this fascination with Royals. I I just do. I enjoy it. Um, I don't know. I like, I like hearing Kinsey's perspective just because she was there. She got to see, yeah, like, I've never got to meet Prince William. I, I'd love that opportunity to sit on the sideline and have him walk up. I think that'd be dope, dude. That'd be so cool. Yeah, it would be insane. But thank you, Kinsey, uh, for coming on the podcast. Make sure you check out her podcast. To die to for that daily. for daily. Uh, if you're on Instagram, follow us on Instagram. We have a YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, like and subscribe. We're also on TikTok. We have a private Facebook group. Uh, we have a private Facebook group called Off the Record, which I highly suggest you guys join. It's a really cool community where you guys can ask us questions. You guys ask each other questions. It's really a lot of fun. Follow me at Adam Glenn. Follow Dax Holt at Dax Holt. See you guys next time. Bye. A Huda Media Production.